Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business of Design. I'm so glad you're here. Episode 123, and this is so good. Building in Wellness with Alan Lopes. This conversation, this whole topic has moved the needle on how I see myself and the value I bring to clients. And that's important because a couple of years ago, I started to feel complacent, I guess is the word, in my business life. Not with business of design, but with design clients and interior design services. I felt like I'd reached a level of mastery, which is such a good thing given where I started when I graduated from design school in 1991. But I don't think resting on your laurels is ever a good idea. And then in episode 122, I spoke with Frank Ibsen and Heather Zeilman, and both of them gave us design interventions that had to do exactly with that. Frank's was... Don't rest on your laurels because there's someone right behind you who's willing to work really hard and take you out of your top spot. And Heather's had to do with not relying on the way we've always done things. Don't get stuck in the rut of thinking the way you've always done things is the right way to do things. So anyway, this whole kind of fog came on me at work. And I began to experiment with trying things new ways and shaking things up. At work, yes, but also in my personal life. I signed up for some crazy stuff like improv classes, which have been incredible. And I'm taking Spanish lessons again, which I just love. And it would be so great to be able to go to Spain and just have a conversation in Spanish without having to constantly say, como se dice this and como se dice that. But anyway, enter today's guest, Alan Lopes who is a healthy living, healthy building expert. He's actually a building biologist, which isn't a term I've ever been familiar with. Alan has so much good information. It got every cylinder in my brain fired up. Thinking about how I can increase the value I bring to every single client and every single project. Some of what we're going to talk about is brand new to me, brand new insights. And that's an amazing thing, right? Some things I may be somewhat familiar with, but have never really given it my full attention. But here's what's important, and I am sending good vibes out to all of you too, and I want this to happen for you too. I came away from my conversation with Alan having a deeper respect and appreciation for the work I do. I see a path to increase my value as a designer by bringing the concept of wellness and healthy living directly into the process. I also see a path to feeling more purposeful, which I can't think of a better antidote to complacency than feeling purposeful. The conversation was so rich and I asked so many questions that we turned it into a two-parter, but they are both filled with solid information I think you're going to love and think you're going to use. Keep in mind, even in two parts, we can barely scratch the surface of this topic. So expect to see some new courses at Business of Design. I am going to work with Alan, 
learn more about Healthy Building Certificate and see what I can bring directly into Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy. So look for that. Alan is, as I said, a building biologist with more than 15 years experience in developing holistic building design. We've all heard, I think, of sick building syndrome, which affects a lot of tall corporate structures, but there's a level of that that we deal with right in our own backyard, in our own homes, and in the homes of our clients. Alan's been a guest speaker at universities around the world, and he's now turned his attention to growing the Healthy Building Certificate. You can find out more about that. Visit Business of Design's show notes for this episode, number 123, and part two, number 126. The Healthy Building Certificate website is hbcertificate.com. In this episode, which is part one of Building in Wellness, we are going to spend a good deal of time talking about quality lighting and how we can serve our clients by lighting spaces more effectively. At one point in our conversation, and it didn't quite make the final edit, we had to trim some because our conversation went on for such a long time. Alan shared a story about a corporation hiring him in Brazil and By just changing the lighting in this big corporate environment, they were able to improve the company's productivity by 35%. His clients couldn't believe it. They were so pleased. And of course, Alan says, this is something we all have the ability to do. In addition to lighting's effect on productivity, lighting also impacts hormone production and overall mind and body balance as well as melatonin levels, which impact sleep. Alan has a gorgeous Brazilian accent, so when he says melatonin, which is how I pronounce it, he pronounces it melatonin, and it took me a little while to kind of bring my brain around to what he was saying. When we get to that part of the conversation where Alan mentions melatonin, you'll be up to speed, and then you'll hear him also later talk about serotonin and adrenaline. Once again, after this invigorating conversation, I am reminded that the work we do is not just about making places look good, but rather about providing high-functioning, healthy, nurturing environments to our clients and their families. Let's all add that to our value proposition and try now to imagine how unsuccessfully some of these web businesses who are out there right now trying to eat our lunch might be at delivering that as a value proposition. Not very likely they're going to be able to deliver that. So this is exciting news for us. I will tell you something else that's exciting. Business I've designed is turning 15 years old. Where's the time gone? Oh my gosh. We are going to have some celebrations. In fact, we're going to have quite a few. One we are having On September 9th in Washington, D.C. at a Business of Design chapter meeting. Another will take place on September 23rd in Nashville. That's a morning meeting, also a Business of Design chapter meeting. If you'd like information on being at one of those events because you're local to Nashville or D.C., by all means, reach out to Cheryl at businessofdesign.com and we will give you the details. And then we are having a big celebration at High Point Market. But let me quickly include Cheryl Horn in the conversation. She's got more details for you. Hey, Cheryl, great talking to you. 
How are you? You know what? I'm good. It's We're so busy. We've got a few summertime installations. And remind me, don't schedule installations for summertime. I just, all I want to do is go and sit by a pool. Are the clients on holidays? Is that why it's during the summer? Yes. How messed up yes. is that? <laughs> well, it's nice if the clients aren't home for it. That's got to make it a little easier. It They're does. They're not living through it. It does. It does. But anyway, enough whining, enough of my therapy for the day. We've got all kinds of things going on, including, of course, the conference is coming up in January. So many people are now reaching out to be on a waiting list for the Santa Monica re retreat, which is sold out. And so what we're saying to you now is jump on the conference early. We do not want you to miss out on this incredible intensive learning experience. We will have fun, but honestly, we are going to work you. You're going to learn things that you can implement into your business. Give us the details on the conference, Cheryl. Yes. So the, uh, the conference is coming up January 25th and 26th. It's the Saturday and Sunday before uh, Las Vegas market starts on the Monday. Um, so it is right at Las Vegas market. If you haven't been to market before, you can plan to do both. And it's going to be 830 to 430 both days. Uh, we do have an early bird rate on right now for 1195. So you save $200 on the conference if you sign up before September. The conference itinerary is just an outline so far, and prior to your attendance at the conference, we will send out a questionnaire asking you what your most pressing, urgent needs are, and then we tailor the learnings. But for now, some of the topics we're exploring and working on new content for include how to create a superior experience for your clients from beginning to end, how to exceed your client expectations, and how to manage those important trade relationships. As everybody is so busy, I'm finding my trades are just a little squirrely, so we're going to talk about that. You know I'm big on checklists, so we're going to launch some new, brand new checklists at the conference, and you'll be the first people to get them. And then we're also going to set a financial goal for the year and talk about exactly how you're going to hit that goal. This is really important because it's not just going to be like pick a number out of a hat. It's really going to be about selecting a number that makes sense for you, that is exciting and scary and somewhat unattainable, and then we're going to help you get there. We will share more details about the itinerary as we are adding information to it. Definitely don't miss out on the conference. Jump in now to get those early bird tickets and catapult your business success in 2020. I don't care if this is your first year in business or your 20th. I don't care if you're making 30000 a year or a million a year. That financial goal is going to get you further ahead. Also coming up before that, we're also doing High Point Market. And what's exciting this year is that the October market is Business of Design's 15th birthday. 15 years, I think that's worth some cake and, and some bubbly. I think it's worth it too. And it's the first birthday I've been looking forward to in a long time without having reservations about getting older. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. Please come out so we can tell you how important you are to us and show you how important you are to us. And if you are thinking, wow, who are these people and uh, what do they do exactly? This is a great opportunity for you to come out and meet us and meet your peers. So if you're going to be at High Point and want to join us for the birthday party, it is a free event, but we are asking you to register just so that we know who's coming. Uh, we get excited when we get to meet our members that we 
email with and I talk to on the phone all the time. So please head to businessofdesign.com and sign up for your free tickets and join us at High Point Market Saturday, October 19th for Business of Design's 15th birthday. Yeah, the RSVP is important because we have to have enough champagne. We have to have enough birthday cake. Uh, So yeah, that RSVP is really important. Cheryl, thanks so much. Okay, talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. This episode of Business of Design is brought to you by Build Lane. BuildLane is an extraordinary app that you can use, you clever designer, to order custom furniture from the comfort of your office. No visit to the factory or showroom rep required. Design details will not be overlooked. And by communicating directly with BuildLane and by extension with the factory, you'll enjoy shorter lead times and increased profitability. As you may know, I've ordered a first piece of furniture for Kimberly Selden Design Group, and the process has been ultra smooth. I will definitely describe the finished piece when I receive it and make sure I finish the story with everyone. Right now, though, you can enter a contest to win $2,500 worth of custom furniture. It's easy. Set up a free account at buildlane.com. There is no purchase required, and the contest is open to residents of U.S. and Canada. For more information, head over to businessofdesign.com. You can click on the Build Lane ad and set up that account really fast. Thank you so much, Build Lane, for your support of Business of Design and our amazing community. And now, back to the show. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for all listening. Where are you calling from? I am, right now, I'm in Los Angeles, California. Oh, okay. But I'm recognizing a bit of an accent there. Where is the beautiful accent oh, from? Yeah. Uh, it's from Brazil. I'm from Brazil. I moved uh, to the United States just about a, a year and something ago. Ah, okay. I thought I thought maybe I was going to get a chance to practice my Spanish, but not not so much. Portuguese is oh, really hard. Well, I I know a little bit of Spanish, but I wouldn't be the the, the good person to talk to, you know. <laughs> but if you want to practice Portuguese, <laughs> no, okay. Portuguese. Portuguese messes with my head. I have a friend who's learning Portuguese and he's trying to tell me things. I'm like, stop, don't talk to me. It's super confusing while I'm learning Spanish. I don't want to hear it. Anyway, but I do want to hear what you have to say. So thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to talk about healthy buildings and you already know this, but the majority of our listeners, I would say about 80% of them are geared toward residential design. Then about 20% Uh are more commercial, but we all benefit from learning more about how to provide our clients with the healthiest environments possible, right? Mm -hmm. That's the great thing about uh, health. 
it's for everyone. You know, wellness is for corporate, it's for houses, it's for whatever kind of uh, kind of uh, structure that the, the designer is working on. There is a, a, a lot of uh, topics inside this topic of bringing wellness in, uh, to the to the designing, uh, but we can we we have a categorized it into 10 major things. That sounds like a perfect place to start. What's at the top of the list? Well, the, the first thing uh, from what I've heard from your uh, your podcasts, because uh, I've been listening to them, uh, and, and I love them, by the way. I'm addicted to them. Oh so, <laughs> Thank congratulations. you. That's very nice uh, of you. The, the, the very, very first topic, you actually talk a lot about it, which is designing for depth particular person, that particular family, not getting things out of the shelf, you know, because we definitely believe in something that we call the, the, the environmental psychology, which is using the environment to empower people, using the environment to remember people who they are and what their purpose in life is. And if you're just getting things out of the shelf, uh, you're not remembering people who they are. So you definitely got to go for a design that it's uh, personalized. It's individual for that family, that person, or that corporation, so that uh, whenever you're there, you feel uh, and you remember you remember by the environment uh, what you're here for. And uh, and and that's the, you you've been talking a great deal about this, you know. So that's that's the first one. I never realized there was an actual term that was based in science that described how important that is. So thank you for that language, by the way, environmental psychology. It's not just, I want to create a beautiful space for my clients. It's so much deeper than that, right? And what you're saying is this is going to give them foundation and roots so they feel Mm -hmm. in their bones that their home is a reflection Mm -hmm. of them. And that... That is wellness. Ultimately, that's wellness. Well, that's the ultimate concept of wellness. We, we're going to talk a great deal about little technical things, you know, the vitamin and stuff. That's, that's another part of it. But when you're talking about wellness, that's the ultimate goal, that the person feels well and they are fully integrated in their own life. What's, what's a better uh, wellness feeling than feeling that you're doing what you're supposed to do that you're deeply grounded in in your home in your family and the things that you that you are doing and the designers they have a great job in doing that you know that prevents depression that prevents suicide and we've been seeing those things raising up so uh, it gives another uh, completely different view of what's the purpose of designing this i hope everybody's just drinking that in because too often i can fall into the trap of thinking that what I do is somewhat superficial. Um, But in fact, so many wise people around me over the years have reminded me that the work we do is vitally important and it matters a lot. And thank you so much. I I really feel, if we stop the podcast right there, I'm so happy. I feel like you just gave us such (laughs) a gift. Thank you so much. Thank you. We could talk only about this topic and it wouldn't be a, a waste of time at all. I am going to take you up on that offer and invite you back to talk exclusively about the subject of environmental psychology. I think there's a lot there that we haven't explored yet. The the way you want it. I'm so happy to be here. I can can be here all day with you. I'm I'm enjoying it. (laughs) it. I'm so used to your voice already because I've been listening to your podcast. 
and uh, it's been so nice. This uh, five minutes we've been talking, I, I feel so so good here talking to you that I could stay the entire day. So uh, you, uh, you steward. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Okay, number one, environmental psychology. What would number two yeah. be then? Number two is light designing for healthy lighting we have a big problem with lighting today because if we stay too much in the light there's dangers of you know uh, skin cancer things like that but on the other side when we hide from natural light we have a big problem not getting natural d vitamin in our in our systems and a bunch of other important things so designing for lighting first uh natural lighting and second trying to get the good lighting when you can't get the natural light. So lighting is definitely the second point. All right. We got to spend some time in lighting because this is an area that I feel I just do not have enough information about. And yet I know it's critically important to the project. Let's say you, you have a project and there's beautiful, abundant, natural light. Is that a no-brainer? Is, is it just a win and you don't have to worry about anything? Or are there issues related to an abundance of natural light? No, usually uh, abundance of natural light is basically uh, just for the comfort. You know, sometimes the person wants a more cozy place and uh, sometimes the heat can be a problem or the glaring can be a problem. And uh, But those you can work out with some uh, uh, smart glasses, as they call it uh, these days, that can let the natural light come in and keep the heat out. And, and also with curtains and things like that to personalize. But uh, from a start, it's a no-brainer. The more light you have, the better. You just then deal with the with whatever side effects that are not good for you, which depends on each room that you're taking care of. It seems to me that abundance of natural light is something you could manage relatively easy. The bigger challenge yeah. is a lack of natural light. And this is really where I need help. So what are the things you need to think about when you don't have natural light to rely on? Well, the first thing you've got to think about is the purpose of the room. So if it's a room where you're going to be a long time, those are the important places where you actually have to take a better look in the quality of the artificial light that you're putting in. Uh, second thing is that actually bringing light bulbs that not only fit whatever comfort objectives that you have, the amount of light and everything, but the quality of the light that's coming out of the light bulb. There is something that we call uh, color rendering index. Uh, usually uh, designers as a general, they, they overlook this, uh, this uh, parameter because it doesn't tell them very much what it is, but what uh, uh, color rendering index means is how much that light is close to the light of the sun. How much is that light close to the natural light? So it goes from zero, of course, to 100, and 100 being just like the sun, and, uh, and then you go below that. If you have color rendering index higher than 85, you're going to be just fine. People are going to see things as they are, and it also is going to help them uh, to produce D vitamin. It's going to help them to have the, the circadian cycle, which is the cycle of night and light that we go uh, every day, uh, have that adjusted. And, and that ad adjustment is made by the light. So it's amazing how much the light can help us. There are some studies that show that like 81% of people that go into a good natural light, they live better 
after they leave work, they uh, sleep better, like 46 minutes more and deeper than usual. So it is a very important thing. And the first, first step is the CRI, Color Rendering Index, higher than 85. Okay, so I'm going to put myself out there and be super vulnerable and say, I feel like a bit of an idiot. I'm not sure what the CRI of our light bulbs are because I rely on my electrician, but that maybe isn't Uh good enough, right? Like maybe I need to actively speak to my electrician Mm -hmm. and say, what is the CRI on the light bulbs we're putting in at this project? Yeah, that, that's that's the, the small challenge about uh, designing for wellness. That means we got to get into some fields that we usually don't. And like choosing the manufacturer of the, the light bulb, we got to go to the specifics of that light bulb and or ask the, the electrician to, hey, I only want you to specify and bring me uh, light bulbs that have uh, CRI higher than 85. There is another thing that we can do as well for homes which is a, a very new concept, but it's growing very rapidly in the lighting industry, which is the circadian lights, which, is, which are the light bulbs that actually change intensity along the day so that it uh, uh, mimics the time of the day that it's outside. So if, if you're in a smaller room, no, no outside light, if it's 12, you're going to have a higher temperature of light uh, like 6,000 Kelvin or something like that. And then if you're earlier in the morning or uh, later at night, you're going to have that adjusted as well. I would imagine that would be really well received by everybody. Is that commercially available right this minute? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a, it's very... Actually, in the checklist I, I put for everybody, I actually put some links that uh, for uh, manufacturers that uh, your audience can actually go in and, and take a look. But there is plenty of competition as well. You don't have to stick with those that I put there. Uh, is, those are just the more, as you said, readily available for uh, purchase. And can those light bulbs go into an existing socket in the ceiling? Most of them, yes, you can you can definitely find the ones that I put there. They go in, but it, again, it depends on the specification that you uh, you're using, right? If you're using a very different uh, type of, of spots, then you might have to look uh, dig a little deeper to find the manufacturer. But uh, as a matter of fact, they're just like the regular light bulbs. Uh, they fit in every spot. They just just they just have that added value in it. Wow. Okay. I'm trying this on a project that we're doing right now. I'm going to, when I finish this podcast, I'm calling uh-huh, my electrician and I'm like, I am on this. That sounds incredible to me. Yeah. So if you haven't bought the, the, the light bulbs yet, that's uh, you can definitely add that value right now. And I can't imagine any client not being really impressed with the design professional who says, listen, I've been studying and I learned some more about some of the technological improvements of lighting and I want to retrofit all of your light bulbs to be these new and improved light bulbs. How do you feel about that? I think most of my clients would go, sure, let's, let's do it, right? It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, why not? It's, uh, it's kind of an, of an in- inexpensive uh, retrofit to do. It, it doesn't cost you a lot of money. And uh, why not? Why not uh, make that change? You know. Are there any things in lighting that we should really avoid? I'm thinking about fluorescent lighting. I mean, can we ever use it or should we never use it? Where do halogens fit in? 
what's the status yeah. with incandescence? Like, there's just so much in this category. Yeah, you you nailed it. The the fluorescent and the you know fluorescent lights. Luckily, they're getting out of uh, out of business. You know, they they bad from start to end. It's it's even hard to 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 start saying. Uh, how bad they are, you know, just, you should just avoid them uh, all the time. Uh, the halogens, they're great. They're 100% CRI, you know, they consume a lot of, uh, much more energy. That is a, is a thing that sustainability and wellness at this point regarding lighting, they, they have a problem with each other because the more you make a light bulb uh, energy efficient, the less quality in that light you have. And uh, the halogens, they, they, you know, they consume a lot of energy, but they give you the best uh, kind of light that, that can get out. It's just 100% like the, the sunlight. And can we get halogens that follow circadian rhythms? Yes, we can definitely get that. Are we going to say goodbye at some point to incandescent, do you think, and it'll be all halogen or halogen in something else? I think incandescent and, and halogen, from a technical point of view, uh, they are great. You know, incandescent uh, should have never get out of the market market as as a whole because it is a very healthy light. But uh, I do understand that it consumes a lot of energy, so we have to, to compromise a little bit. LED, halogen, they are the compromise, you know, the, that you get energy saving and uh, good quality of lighting. Lighting is such an easy, easy thing to implement. It's easy, it's, it's inexpensive, uh, and the impact that you make on people's lives when you use the right lighting is amazing. It's, a, it's extraordinary. It just changed the lighting. People change. Yeah, incredible. What are the things you see when you come into a residential space that you're just like, oh my gosh, I wish they would change the following things to make the lighting better? Yeah, actually, we in the residential, there's one very, very important thing to take care of, with it, which is the lack of light at night. So that will be my first thing on the residential, is to get into the bedrooms and see how much light is coming into that bedroom at night. Because light at night is just as bad as bad light in the daytime. The darker, the better. So... Light coming from the outside, I should definitely have, you know, uh, blackout curtains and things like that, trying to prevent, uh, you know, lighting from the streets to coming into the house. And also the lights, the LED lights from televisions and whatever things that the people have in their bedrooms, they have that little LED of standby, you know, like that red little LED light. Sure, yeah. That thing can actually... There is a study showing us that that thing can decrease the production of melatonin in uh, more than 85%. That's a very important hormone for resting, you know, and for rejuvenating and for feeling energized in the next day. So if you take away all those all those lights or, or you take away the most that you can, people are going to produce more melatonin. They're going to wake up more rejuvenated in the next day. And they're going to remember that was the change that the designer did in my home. So I definitely need that designer later on. If I move this from this house to the other house, I'm not going to get any other designer that doesn't understand the effect of these things on my health. One of my pet peeves uh, in projects 
is the home that has way too many pot lights and you just feel like you're in an airport hangar, just pot light after pot light mm-hmm. after pot light. And then mm-hmm. there's no, there are no table lamps or no floor lamps or no sconces. Mm-hmm. It's just this intense mm-hmm. light on top of my head. Yeah. So that's a bad thing. That is a bad thing, especially at night because it confuses our body. You know, it, it's telling the body that it's day when it's actually night so the production of all the hormones that we have, uh, light has a direct impact on all of the, the hormones. We basically uh, use lighting as an indicator of what hormone to produce right now. So I cannot be producing melatonin uh, right now at this moment that we are talking, you know, because melatonin will make me sleep. And, but right now I do have to produce serotonin, I do have to produce uh, adrenaline and things like that. And lighting is the main factor that the body looks for. So if you get in a home like you just described at night with like looking like an airport, it's telling my body that it's still daytime. So my body's not going to rest, it's not going to relax, it's not going to go through that phases of, you know, winding down a little bit so that you can actually go to sleep. Wow. So this is a big problem. Uh, wow, such a fascinating topic. Okay, and we're only on number three. What's number three, Alan? <laughs> number three, acoustics, you know, the sounds. And uh, people usually overlook that because we get very used to, to, to the sounds. You know, uh, if you have a constant sound on the, uh, on, in your home, you get used to it. Like here in the United States, most of the homes have uh, those central AC units which cranks up the entire night, you know, keeping you cool or, or heating you up, depending on the time of the year. And, uh, and, and we get used to that sound. And we think that's a no-brainer, that's, that's not a problem. But the fact is, that is the problem. You know, that, that thing increases uh, muscular tension, uh, blood pressure, and uh, uh, irritation levels. And uh, so we should definitely get our houses to be more silent. The, the more things we can do to make a house more silent, the better. That's the bottom line. There's technicalities into this thing, but the bottom line is get a silent home. That, that definitely changed people's lives as well. You've just helped us all sell more draperies and carpets, right? That's really good. I'm going to say you need you need this $20,000 carpet because it's going to relieve muscle tension and blood pressure and high blood pressure. By improving the acoustics. That's a great way to convince in your client, right? (laughs) Hey, it's not only the design. It's not only that I want you to use this carpet. I want you to to have lower blood pressure. I want you to live longer. I'm going to be a doctor of design now, and I'm prescribing really opulent draperies and area carpets. And I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, that's the way to go, you know. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, number four. But number four is the building materials. We're talking about the chemicals now, you know. Uh, building, we should definitely take, take care of, of the, the off-gassing of furniture and, and all the, the chemicals that go in it. This is a more, people, are, people talk more about these things today. It's, it's not a very new thing. It's just part of the, part of the deal. But we should definitely keep formaldehyde away. So everything that we use, you know, let's say the carpets. What if if that carpet is using any glue underneath it, or uh, or the material that it's made of 
has formaldehyde in the in the in the composition, uh, that's a bad thing because that thing cannot gas for years. And formaldehyde is a is a, a cancer uh, provoking substance. Another thing that we should take a look at is the volatile organic compounds, with, which usually goes by the by the VOC uh, abbreviation, which can be found as well in paint or uh, you know glues or in, in the cabinets that you use uh, in the kitchen. So choosing the right manufacturing, just asking asking him or her uh, if they do have formaldehyde in their products or and if they do have uh, volatile organic compounds and trying to choose the the, the ones that don't. And uh, again, that's a good thing for telling the client. I'm I'm specifying this cabinet. Price is a little higher than the other, but you're not going to get a cancer, not from these, in the next two, three years because it's a formaldehyde and VOC-free cabinet. So that's a very important thing. The more of us that begin asking for those things, the more likely manufacturers will begin to provide products that don't have those things. Yes, precisely. You know, when when designers start asking things for manufacturers, they hear you. You know, they, designers have uh, uh, a very important role in society as in general, as, we, as we've been speaking uh, so far. Changing the industry, that's a thing that the designers can do, making products healthier, making products safer for people. And uh, about this topic, a lot has been done already so far. This is not very, very new. But until designers start saying, hey, I'm not going to specify your product to this project because you have formaldehyde. When you don't have formaldehyde, you call me and then I start specifying it for you again. That makes things change. You know, that tickles them. Feel the power, everybody. Feeling the power, Alan. Amazing power. (laughs) Well, that does seem like a perfect place for us to end this part one conversation with Alan Lopes. As I said, Alan will be back for part two in episode number 126. I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are as well. Thank you so much for being here. And please come out to the birthday parties September 9th in Washington, D.C., September 23rd in Nashville, and the big one, High Point Market, 5 to 7 p.m., RSVP at businessofdesign.com. You guys, thanks for being here. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today 